This is Asked and Answered. Questions. With Tom Opferman and Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriola. You know, Labs, last weekend was our first weekend without football, and I was depressed for a little bit, but then I remembered this never sleeps. It's a 365-day-a-year sport. I'm turning on the NFL Network today. They're jazzed up about the combine, franchise tags, free agency starting. I mean, it really never sleeps when it comes to the NFL, and we got some important dates coming up. Yeah, and this is, you know, this is the NFL silly season, as I call it. I mean, it's all speculation and guessing and, you know, that kind of stuff. And nobody wants to wait for anything to happen. You know, they want to tell right. you now what they think or they'll quote betting sites as gospel and say, <laughs> you know, things like, um, you know, the odds on who's going to acquire so-and-so in a trade or draft so-and-so in the first round or this, as if that's anything more than, you know, just the betting sites do what they do, which is try and balancing the books yep. so that the, the, the each side of an issue uh, attracts an equal amount of money. And so then they just, you know, make the juice and, you know, that's, that's the way that's worked since, you know, bookies were handing out little pieces of paper, you know, a hundred years ago or <laughs> however that worked. But um, yeah, now we're in, we are actually into the tag, the tag um, window. Uh, it started on February 20th uh, and then February 20th through March the 5th, teams are able to slap, um, franchise tags or transition tags on, you know, players who are about to become uh, unrestricted free agents. And then you mentioned the combine, which is now, um, you know, the con I always thought that the NFL draft was the biggest tele television event for a non, you know, actual game kind of thing right. in NFL history, but the combine is catching up. I'd say even just across sports, those two things are, beyond the NFL are just, they're so watched for just workouts yeah. and names being called. <laughs> and I'll, you know, I've, I've been to many combines and um, have been able to, now they have opened up the, the, um, the workouts, the bowl of the, the dome and, you know, fans okay. can go. But this was before that, you know, I am that old. So I, I was attending this before that was open, you know, and you, every team would have a, uh, a luxury suite in the stadium where that was kind of their headquarters. And you could sit there and watch if you wanted to, or, you know, you're also, they, you'll also see uh, coaches and scouts either sitting in the lower bowl. Some of them are out on the field, you know, they have access. And so I went one time, you know, I'm sitting up there in the, sweet watching and I mean it's after about 10 minutes I started watching the TV that was on in the suite because you can see it better and understand it more watching it on TV than you can if you're actually there you know it's a right. better view and you know the players are, are not wearing um, jerseys with numbers and their names on them I mean, they like the quarterbacks you know, QB1, QB2, QB3 is, is all that they're wearing on the, the shirt that they're wearing. And QB1, all that is, is they're in alphabetical order. Okay. So unless you have a list <laughs> of all the quarterbacks participating in alphabetical order, you don't know how, who QB13 is, you know. So um, there's, a, there's that kind of stuff, too. But the Combine is uh, February 27th 
uh, to March 14th. Um, then the next event is March 11th to March 13th. That's the legal tampering period, mm. which <laughs> that's talk about a joke. But anyway, that's when uh, agents of unrestricted free agents to be are are permitted to start contacting other teams uh, about their players, you know, because um, I don't know who the marquee free unrestricted free agent is, but let's just pretend. Oh, it could be Kirk Cousins, I think. Kirk Cousins is one. I think Chris Jones yeah. is one from the Chiefs. Okay, okay, but let's just use Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Kirk's a good one. You know, it, it would always it would always crack me up that you know the new league year this this particular season opens at 4 p.m. on March 13th. Okay, and at 4 p.m. on March 4:15 p.m. on March 13th. Some team would announce a nine-year contract with a player like Kirk Cousins and all the complicated, you know, stuff and multi-millions of dollars and bonuses and roster bonuses and when things become guaranteed because of injury and when things become guaranteed, you know, fully and roster bonuses and when those have to be paid. And, like, that was done that quick. You know, you kidding me? Um, so, anyway, that's the legal tampering period. And then, as I mentioned, on March 13th at 4 p.m., the new league year officially opens. Um, teams can start trading players then who are not to be free agents. And, you know, you, you start signing and, you know, it's it's like um, you've seen you've seen video on the news of a place like, you know, Walmart or Macy's or one of those stores when they open their doors on Black Friday and everybody comes rushing through. Um, that's, that's similar to, um, the start of the new league year, you know, Man, the those, gun goes off and the craziness begins. Those agents are really good to get all those complicated deals done in just that 48 hour <laughs> window, man. That's why they get well, paid the big bucks. Well, that, and you know, what is not, it's, and this is, this is not really a secret. You know, as I mentioned, the combine goes from February 27th to March 4th. And, you know, you walk, you can either walk the, uh, the, in, the 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 dome in Indianapolis is connected to the uh, convention center, the Indiana Convention Center, and there's actually an underground thing where you can uh, walk from the convention center, which is attached to these series of walkways throughout the downtown area, which makes it, you know, perfect for something like the combine in February. Um, oh, you know, yeah. when I would go to the com- when I would go to the combine, uh, I I didn't have to wear a coat to yes. anything that I went to because, you know, the hotels were all attached to this. You walked indoors throughout downtown from your hotel to the convention center to inside the dome without having to go outside. So when you're walking these areas, there's agents everywhere. You know, you run into, um, there's players who are not participating right. necessarily in, in the combine. They're walking around. And so there's a lot of like bumping into people that happens all the team executives are there, coaches, general managers, you know, they're all walking around too. And who knows, maybe you end up, you know, sitting in a, in a one of those little uh, alcoves in the convention center across from a, gee, I don't know, this free agent's agent. And, uh, you know, who knows, maybe uh, you, there's some exchange of ideas that take place um, there as well. So, um, yeah, the combine is is known for that kind of stuff too. 
Yeah, you've been to a thousand combines. I went to one combine back in my early days here. Unfortunately, we didn't know each other like we do now, and Indianapolis is a lucky town for that because, man, would we have torn that place down together, buddy. Oh, would it have been a blast. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, – But you're right you about know, that skywalk. Uh, it's unreal. Like, you just go out in shorts and T-shirts, and you're fine. You can. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of times you can – that can be your – if, if you want to – get up early if your hotel whatever hotel you're in and there's a million hotels downtown, yes. which is another reason that indianapolis is great um but if your hotel for example doesn't have a workout center and you fitness center and you want to get some exercise in yeah. uh, you could just walk from one end of indianapolis downtown area uh out of the downtown area and as i said never go outside so you can do that too one of my favorite things to do too is on i'll admit it a little hungover morning uh, after festivities the night before, walking from my hotel room to Radio Row to set up the broadcast for the day, you'd see like a muffin tray, you'd see like, you know, a couple croissants on a table for like some big business meeting going on. You just go ahead and grab one of those. No one's going to notice. Well, and then there's, you know, media workrooms and stuff, which are, um, you know, three meals a day. I mean, there's breakfast they lay out, there's lunch that they lay out, there's, I've never been there for dinner i mean because <laughs> that would infringe with happy hour I mean, <laughs> that's not very ridiculous um but yeah it, it's uh, why why they would ever move that out no, of indianapolis it's beyond me i mean it's just perfect it's indianapolis is perfect in my opinion would be a perfect convention place combine super bowl i've heard the super bowl in indianapolis is great I too bet. because of all those hotels everything's connected like you mentioned and um, you know, you can also, you could go to a lot of the restaurants too, without going outside, right. you know, one of the most famous restaurants in downtown Indianapolis is, uh, St. Elmo's big steak place. And that's a, that's a gathering place too. No doubt. And you could, from your hotel, just about any of the main hotels, um, in downtown Indianapolis, you can go to St. Elmo's without going outside. Let's get to today's batch of questions, and what do you say we start with the quarterback question, huh? <laughs> Something different. <laughs> I know, because Mike Molinero <laughs> from Columbus, Ohio, wants to know, I was curious if Mason Rudolph is allowed to start learning Arthur Smith's playbook and sit down with the new offensive coordinator, or if only signed players have access to team facilities and coaches. Um, you know, Mason, as we were just talking about, Mason Rudolph is one of those guys who can become an unrestricted free agent on March 13th. So... It really doesn't make any sense to me that either the player or the team would be interested in him learning the playbook uh, because he dis before he decides on his next team. I mean, imagine uh, Mason Rudolph having sessions or Arthur Smith having sessions with a player who could leave as an unrestricted free agent. Um, and I've seen, for as an example, now this – uh, Mitch Trubisky is not an unrestricted free agent. He was cut, so he's out there. He's free to sign with anyone. But I've seen where Trubisky is kind of being linked to the Browns, mm. maybe. So um, just imagine, okay, let's let's just substitute uh, Mitch Trubisky for Mason Rudolph and pretend that this is a similar thing and, you know, if, if Trubisky was going to become an unrestricted free agent. Okay, so a new offensive coordinator comes in. You have your guy look, meeting with the, your new coordinator, and then he ends up with a team in your division. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that, 
that that I mean that doesn't that's why these kinds of things don't happen with those kinds of players. Now Kenny Pickett is a different different story, right? Because he's under contract for two more years, but a guy who's going to become a free agent? No, that just that's that's not smart business. Greg Bloomer from Gander, Canada. In a previous asked and answered, one answer to a question showed Roger Staubach being drafted in the tenth round by the Dallas Cowboys. Was there ever a Hall of Fame quarterback drafted lower or an undrafted one who made it to Canton? Uh, yes, there were four. Uh, George Blanda was uh, selected in the twelfth round of the nineteen forty-nine NFL draft. He went into the Hall of Fame as part of the class of nineteen eighty-one. Uh, in 1978, six weeks before the draft, Warren Moon signed a contract with the Edmonton Eskimos of the Canadian Football League because he didn't believe he would be sought after as a black quarterback in the NFL at that time. And so then he wasn't drafted uh, in 1978 because he had already signed with the CFL. Then in 1984, Moon signed with the Houston Oilers, played 17 seasons for four different teams. He went into the hall as part of the class of 2006. Bart Starr was drafted by Green Bay in the 17th round of the 1956 NFL Draft. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame as part of the class of 1977. And Kurt Warner went, was undrafted mm. in 1994. After he was undrafted, he went to the Arena League, played there until he was signed by the Rams in 1998. Uh, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame as part of the class uh, of uh, what I can't. I can't, I can't remember can't. what year Kurt Warner was inducted in. Yeah. Let me see that Hold here. On. Hall okay. of Fame class. You know, I got this thing in my pocket. It's like a supercomputer. I love it. 2017 was his Hall of Fame induction year. And in 20, okay. and for your information, in 2010, he was also inducted into the Arena Football Hall of Fame. So good on Kurt Warner. Good on Kurt Warner. And, yes, 2017. And had a Hollywood movie. Name made after him. Little cheesy, but I got to be honest. I wasn't really, you know, online back when Kurt Warner was a phenomenon. It kind of put into perspective just how insane that story was at the time. Like him leading that greatest show on turf team out of nowhere. Trent Green getting hurt in the preseason. Yeah, and um, stocking groceries. I know it, it really is yeah. one of the better stories in the NFL. Ron Williams from Astoria, Oregon. Before Corey Trice Jr. was placed on IR, he was looking pretty solid as a rookie cornerback, potentially complimenting Joey Porter Jr. Because Trice never played meaningful football in 2023, it's hard to evaluate him, but I would say there sure was a lot of potential developing. What are your thoughts on this young prospect? Um, you know, I got nothing against Corey Trice, but I mean, I, I think that there are some, um, some hard realities that I think... Um, fans need to kind of accept and respect um going back to 2021 Corey trice was still at purdue he missed all of that college football season because of a, a knee injury um then he went on on ir for the steelers on august 2nd 2023 with another knee injury that mike tomlin called significant at the time it was announced okay now I do not argue with Ron that uh, Trice was showing some potential during the Steelers offseason program in the first few days of training camp. But let's remember, he was a seventh-round pick, 241st overall in the draft. And in a preview 
2023 draft prospects. You know, NFL.com does a series on these guys. NFL.com wrote about him. He is physical in coverage but lacks the same temperament in run support. His size and strength help impede the early stages of a route and smother possession throws underneath. He's a decent athlete but lacks ideal fluidity and speed to recover when beaten. So press and zone coverages are where he should live. Um, there are limitations with him, but there's also room for technical growth. Okay, fine. But see, seventh round pick. Um, so, you know, maybe he comes back from this second knee injury to carve out a career for himself in the league, or maybe, you know, whatever edge he seemed to have is going to be lost because that second, uh, that second knee injury. Uh, you can't rush him back. Um, and then it becomes an issue of whether, you know, Trice's inexperience is going to allow him to walk the line between rehabilitating his second knee injury and not falling behind on the on the field stuff. Um, you know, again, I got nothing against Corey Trice, but if I'm in a decision-making uh, situation with the Steelers, I don't think it's real smart to be overly optimistic to view him this offseason as a potential starter opposite Joey Porter Jr., uh, or even as someone who will play significant regular season snaps in the upcoming season. Uh, you didn't see him in any preseason games as a rookie. He didn't even practice back-to-back times in pads. Right. Um, so, you know, again, I'm not saying that Corey Trice can't or won't, but there should not be a sense that he's a guy who can be viewed as even a second-year player once he's able to get back on the field in 2024. Uh, he's going to be starting over, and this time starting over with two major knee injuries as part of his history. You know, he's kind of like Calvin Austin the third was, yeah. only plus knee injuries. So yeah. I'm hoping for the best for him, but I don't think that fans or the Steelers should view him as a um, as a, an answer in waiting for right. the, the cornerback job opposite Joey Porter Jr., Eric Long from Loveland, Ohio. You've taught your readers a lot about the games behind the game of football. For example, I don't read mock drafts anymore because it's a waste of time. My wife says to thank you for all the free time I now have during the offseason. I read three mock drafts this morning, Eric. Wow. You're saying that the Pro Bowl is a popularity contest where up-and-coming players are voted in one year late and old players stay in one year too late, like Justin Tucker being the AFC kicker this year, was really spot on. Please explain to me how Miles Garrett deserved to win Defensive Player of the Year over T.J. Watt. I was wondering when we'd get to this question from our from our <laughs> listeners. Um, okay, you know, Defensive Player of the Year award uh, is a lot more significant than going to the Pro Bowl, but the processes in, involved in the selection of both is based on a vote. Okay, and a vote by definition is a popularity contest because the person with the most vote wins. So the most popular person wins the, uh, you know, gets, wins, right. is elected. Um, and I learned long ago that the outcome of every election tells you more about the voters than the candidates. So I'm going to leave it up to uh, Eric and others, um, you know, to decide what the election of Miles Garrett over TJ Watt reveals about the voters for this Defensive Player of the Year award. And, you know, while I could go on a little bit and rip analytics and pro football <laughs> focus and all that other stuff, I'm not going to do that because, you know, my mother told me a long time ago when I was very young, 
and I often have ignored that advice. Uh, if you don't have something nice to say, it's better not to say anything <laughs> at all. So there you go. That's what I got. I'll just say this. They don't vote on the award for the sack king in a regular season, and TJ has that three times, including this year. So no biases there, just who has the most sacks in a season. Actually, there is a, an award for that. I know. It's That's called what the I mean. De- uh, the Deacon Jones Award. And he is a three-time winner of that. No one can take that away yeah. from him or vote that away. Well, you know him. what else? You know what else that got him? That contract. <laughs> you know? It's pretty good. And it's, you know. Right, and I'm not saying it was it's undeserved or anything, but that's how you know a lot of times you know athletes will keep score by paychecks. Maybe that's a better um, way to keep score paychecks than defensive player of year awards. I don't know. Jason Gaines from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Recently, Le'Veon Bell expressed a desire to return to Pittsburgh to be their third string running back. I might just be nostalgic. But is there any real chance of this actually happening? <laughs> okay, I've been wrong before, you know, and I don't, and I am often reminded of that by uh, the kind readers and listeners of Asked and Answered. Um, but okay, it just makes no sense to me that Le'Veon Bell, who once turned down a chance to be the highest-paid running back in the NFL, and all he had to do to attain that status was sign a contract with the Steelers, mm-hmm. and then. He doesn't want that, but now he's going to be brought back to sit behind Najee Harris and Jalen Warren as a third-string running back. He's going to be willing to do that and do that without being a distraction. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I'm naive. I don't see it. I don't see it either. I don't want him playing for this team at all right now at his current age and being away from the game for so long. But I will say this. There does seem to be a bit of a smoothing over of relations between Bell and the Steelers. Not that the Steelers did anything wrong on their side of the street. They tried to make him the highest-paid running back in football. But it does seem like he's more welcome around the facility, um, and he's more willing to go around the facility. Well, all all I'll say is this. They don't ban him from the facility. I don't know that there were any – you know, welcome wagons rolled out either. <laughs> Our final question today comes from Austin Jamison from Charlotte, North Carolina. It's clear the Steelers need to add to the quarterback room. Which veteran quarterback feels like a most likely addition? Most likely? Mason Rudolph. I know that's probably not what Austin wants to hear, <laughs> but most likely, is in my mind, that would be Mason Rudolph. You don't want to lie and say and Kirk he's... Cousins? <laughs> Well, if I'm really going to lie, I'd say Justin Fields. Why don't we really, really lie and say Patrick Mahomes, right? I mean, if we're just going to go for it, just go for it all the way. (laughs) Well, okay. Okay. (laughs) All right, that'll do it for us today on Asked and Answered. Get your question into labs. We'll hear them on a future episode if they're good enough to make the cut. For Bob Labriola, I'm Tom Opperman. Always appreciate you listening, and we'll be back again next week with Asked and Answered.